This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. My goodness, guessing lines right here on the numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network, Sirius XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling and Game Plus. Good morning to you. It is Gil Alexander, producer number seven. Jason Kahn is here. Good morning to you, Jason. Morning, Gil. How are you? Oh, what a weekend it was. So not enough time to get in what we want to get in in two hours uh, talking NFL. So let us, without further ado, bring him in. He's the star of each and every Monday here on a numbers game and on the podcast side as well at Beating the Book. He runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. He's been on the show for, what, eight, nine years now with us? My mishpucha, Chrissy Andrews. Good morning, Chris. What's going on, Gil? Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Let me just start by saying this. Um, Survivor over at Circa after last week having 42% of entries knocked out. Only two entries, not 2%, two entries knocked out this week. Uh, And of these 15 games that have been played this week, uh, let me describe six of them ATS-wise as Plinko. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Denver, Chicago, and the Giants, and Seattle, New England last night. Great game. So 40% of the games come down to Plinko. And if you're one of these guys who are like, hey, but the games I picked weren't Plinko, so I'm smart. Yeah, we'll wait till next week, and your games will be Plinko. Anyway, that's a backdrop of uh, of the weekend in the NFL. Let's go through these one by one, Chris, because there's so much to talk about. And for those who are just tuned in for the first time to this show, Guessing Lines, this is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show. We are not the originators of this format. 
Uh, I will. I've been in a cocoon. Chrissy will give me the matchup for this coming week. I will guess what I believe the line to be. He will tell me what he's about to put up here at the South Point Hotel. And within that exercise, we hope to extract value. And let me just say last week, there were three games in which I felt, oh, my God, there's value here. Two of the three came home. So typically our first reaction here on this show is a good one and one to perhaps not be swayed by the rest of the week when our brains get in the way. But I like that Atlanta line. I like that Miami line. Both of those worked out. Minnesota, not so much. <laughs> Give me the first one, Chrissy, for Thursday. I think I like the same three games, too, by the way. So. Yes. Uh, okay. Up first, the Battle of Florida, Miami and Jacksonville. Oh, that's, Miami at Jacksonville. That's the Thursday nighter. Well, that's a barn burner. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Miami, uh, Bills beat them last night, uh, or yesterday, I should say, fourth consecutive time, 31-28. to 28. Dolphins do cover. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 31-47, to 47, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. Big uh, target yesterday was uh, his tight end, Gasicki. Eight touchdowns, excuse me, eight touchdowns, eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. That would have been newsworthy if they lost also. Uh, and then Jacksonville. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, who a mere two games ago, before the season started, we were like, oh, they're tanking for uh, – they're tanking for Trevor. Then they beat the Colts outright uh, and then lose yesterday on a Steven Gostkowski 49-yard field goal with, a, with 136 left. Uh, they lose to the Titans by three and had a chance to uh, either tie it or win it late until uh, Minshew had a ball deflected and, uh, and picked. But Minshew was 30 for 45 after a 19 for, uh, for 20 performance in the opening game. He was 30 for 45 for 339. Three touchdowns, two picks, sacked twice yesterday. James Robinson, 16 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. But uh, Jacksonville was 10 of 14 on third downs. They were one for one on fourth. 480 total yards. Remember, they won when having 200 and something yards of offense. And they lose with 480 yesterday. Miami at Jacksonville. Uh, we're not at the point where Jacksonville will be three-point favorites in a game, right? But Miami certainly doesn't deserve to be favorite. I'll just split the difference. I'll say Jacksonville minus one and a half. Uh, well, personally, I made the game pick them. Uh, I'm still debating what to do with these home field advantages. And I'm trying to chart it out. And I haven't come to anything conclusive yet. So my numbers came to pick. That's our rate of... Uh, power rating wise, both teams equal. Uh, it's like two and a half with juice on the favorite, three with juice on the dog. Jacksonville the favorite. I'm going to open at two and a half. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm I'm kind of impressed with both teams. Jacksonville, I thought really, I, I'm I'm with you. I had them rated at the bottom of the pile going into this year, but Minshew has actually been impressive, and so has the rest of the team. Um, you know, I'm scratching my head on them at this point, but uh, you have to you have to go by the results uh, for what you see. That you know, uh, Robinson ran for 100 yards on 16 carries. To um, you know, this team's not bad. So I'm going to go with the two and a half. I have no real beef with that. If they got the three, though, I think Miami would be a play plus three. You know how you usually say you like my number better? I like your pick'em number better. It's Gil Alexander, Chris yeah, Andrews, okay. <laughs> right here on a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Uh, all right, I have no problem with that. So what was it finally in the end? Minus what? I'm going to use two and a half. I see, like I said, two and a half juice on the favorite, three juice on the dog. We do everything 11 and 10 at South Point. I'm going to open two and a half. If they bet me up to three, they bet me. Okay, all right. Let's go to Sunday morning. First of all, how many Sunday morning games do we have compared to afternoon? Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Jason, six, Jason seven, tells me eight. afternoon games. Eight and five next week. 
Eight morning, five afternoon. Much service. better mix. Yeah, much better much mix. Much better mix. Too many games at once. My God, this this past week, 10 and uh, 3. All right, what's first in the morning? Well, first up, we got the Raiders at the Patriots. Raiders at Patriots. So uh, Raiders sight unseen here. Uh, Raiders play tonight. Raiders are, let me get the update, uh, about five and a half point dogs against the Saints tonight. Yeah. No Michael Thomas uh, for the Saints. No Trent Brown for the Raiders. I am glad to be sitting out that game. Glad to have nothing to do with that game. Uh, the Patriots yesterday lose to the Seahawks. Um, by the way, is there a line for this? Because I want to get into a Patriots rant here for a second. There's, there's only a couple numbers out with the uh, Patriots playing late last night and the Raiders, of course, not playing until tonight. Uh, only a few scattered numbers out there, so not many. But I, my power rating is pretty close to uh, what the scattered numbers are. Okay. Well, I have a few things to say. One, can somebody get Bill Belichick a proper mask? He was fidgeting with that thing all night long. <laughs> that thing, they were halfway down his chin, for God's sake. It was just awful. It was so distracting. Uh, but the Patriots ended up losing last night to the uh, Seahawks in a dramatic game. Great Sunday night football game. Everything it was hyped up to be. Uh, Second-year defensive end L.J. Collier making the play that assured the win. It was actually uh, Delano Hill who took out the fullback, and then Collier made the play on Cam Newton, stuffing him at the one-yard line on the final play. Seahawks beating the Patriots 35-30, to just covering on Sunday night. Uh, but it was an 80-yard closing drive by New England in the closing moments. Uh, they reached the one on a pass to uh, and Keel Harry with three seconds left. Final play, Newton tried to run power to the left, but was upended by Collier, the biggest play of his young career. Collier and Jamal Adams said uh, from the formation it was clear where the Patriots were going with the play. Let me just say this. I've heard a lot of people at the end of this game, and we'll talk about it more when we get to Seattle, but I've heard a lot of people blasting Seattle's third-and-one play on the previous drive. Like, oh, my God, why would Russell Wilson throw that deep, incomplete, stops the clock? Seattle has won and clinched so many games, big games, doing just that, that for anyone to criticize that now, it's just result-oriented analysis. Because they do that all the time and win and clinch football games. I had a bigger problem, quite frankly, with two other things. One... Uh, was it was it Chris Carson who decided to slide on first down on that sequence for no reason before the two minute warning? Like he had a, he could go to the marker, get a first down right before the two minute warning. Instead, he decided to slide and put him in second and four, I believe, uh, the play before the third one. So that was the bigger miscue to me. I had a more bigger problem with that than I did with a third and one pass from Russell Wilson, which I think is results oriented analysis that it went incomplete. And then, and let me just say this too, Chrissy, because this goes back to the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Seahawks, which, of course, famously uh, was was punctuated by Malcolm Butler's pick of Russell Wilson at the goal line uh, some years ago. And I always look back at that Super Bowl, and no one can convince me otherwise that Bill Belichick was saved. His legacy, to a large degree, was saved by that pick because he let the clock run down and didn't use a timeout. And I remember in real time at the time, I was going, why is he not calling a timeout? What is he doing? And when it ended up being a pick, the the narrative after the fact was, oh, what a genius Bill Belichick was for leaving so little time on the clock, you know, like he was getting him frazzled. And I always, to this day, I, I call BS on that because it's like if that was anybody but Bill Belichick, and, and of course he got saved by it. By, by Malcolm Butler. But if that was anybody but Belichick, people would be killing him. Last night, I haven't heard one person make this knock about Belichick 
from 28 seconds, when, when there was that pass downfield to, to Julian Edelman inbounds, when the, uh, yeah. when the Patriots were matriculating yeah. the ball down the field, there was 28 seconds left when, when Edelman caught that ball. By the time they had two timeouts in their pocket, by the yeah. time they ran their next play and it was incomplete, there were only nine seconds left with two timeouts in their pocket. And I haven't heard one person go after Belichick for that. That was a bigger blunder to me uh, than what the Seahawks ever did on third down. Not sure how you feel about that, but that, that's what got me yesterday. Oh, I, I can't. Nobody said anything about that. I haven't serious? heard one person. Jason, have you heard one person because... say anything about that? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't heard any. I haven't heard any. Yeah. Wow, I was saying the same thing when I'm sitting here watching the game. And, you know, guess who we needed? And I'm saying, yeah, we we you got to call time out there. That's ridiculous. They wasted way too much time. Um, you know, I, I, that that was a bad move by Belichick. It doesn't make too many bad ones, but that was definitely a bad one right there. Um, anyway, I don't know how far we're going to get in. You know, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say anyway for this game, which is totally, totally sidetracked from yeah. New, from uh, the Raiders at New England. Yeah, I, and I, there's barely a line on the game, so go <laughs> ahead. I guess we should move on from this. We'll talk more about it when we get to the Seahawks. But I said Patriots. I mean, as a placeholder, right? Because we haven't seen the Raiders, and we don't know who's going to be available for the Raiders. But Cam looks good. Let me just say that. So this has to yes, be six or more. I, I said six in the end, but it can't be any lower than six. Well, it's six. That's what it is. Oh, okay. My power rings again come to five, but I'm just, I don't know what to do with home field. I honestly don't. Uh, so I think six is a is a good number to start. By the way, that last yard that Cam didn't get was the most expensive yard in my career, certainly since London Fletcher tackled Mason at the one in wow. Super Bowl, whatever the hell room and number room and number. <laughs> it was. It was monstrous. And I mean, we, you know, we'll get into it a little later. I'm sure it was a bloodbath for us yesterday. Can you, can you, and that would have saved us a bunch. Any, you, you don't want to share exactly what a bunch means? No. Cause you know, you know, I don't know why I don't, it's just still in me. Cause if you had Michael on, he'd tell you exactly what it was. And Jimmy will probably tell you later today, but I'm not <laughs> going to tell you. Let them tell you. Okay. We'll go with a bunch here on a numbers game. Oh, the yeah, deep it was a bunch. Deep wow. <laughs> that one yard. Cause it was interesting. Cause, yeah. cause your buddy, Nick Bogdanovich said that the chiefs outcome was the biggest swing yeah. in any regular season game he's ever had, which I I was like, wow, that's interesting. Ever? Really? That was the second biggest. Wow. Whoa. So, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Chrissy, but this NFL betting thing is going to catch on one day. One day. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> one day. Yeah, I saw, people are going to yeah, figure this out. The, the Visa newsletter went out. It was a good day for betters. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, by the way, Newton, just to be thorough, Cam Newton yesterday, 30 of 44 for 397, one touchdown, one pick, uh, one time sack. But he also had 11 carries on the ground for 47 yards, two touchdowns. But as Chrissy said, not that last yard or two, which was huge. Uh, Julian Edelman, no. who I mentioned earlier, eight catches, 107. 79 yards, career high for Julian Edelman. And let me just say, Cam looks way better. Do we have that tweet from Bill Barnwell where all the other people that got signed or got bigger contracts than, than Cam Newton? Because huh. it's it's unbelievable. And we were saying this all offseason. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. We'll, we'll yeah. flash that up here uh, momentarily. There it is. Andy Dalton, this is from Bill Barnwell. Some of the quarterbacks who signed deals for more guaranteed money than Cam this offseason. Dalton, Gabbert, Hundley. 
Brett Hundley, McCoy, Driscoll, Daniel, Mariota, Keenum, McCarron, Henny, Schaub, Barkley, and then in caps, Bill decided to uh, put this guy in caps, <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love how he threw caps on Nathan Peterman. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That, that was funny. <laughs> All right. What's next? I'm sorry to go. I'm sorry to rant. <laughs> uh, Rams at the Bills. Rams at the Bills. Ooh, two two and O's, right? Rams at Bills. Yeah. yeah. Two two and O's. The Rams at the Bills. Rams uh beating the Eagles yesterday by the score of thirty seven to nineteen, one of the non Plinkos. And then Buffalo uh gets the win but does not cover against Miami. Uh they win that thirty one to twenty eight. Um all right, let's dive into the stats first, I guess. Goff, 20 of 27, 267, three touchdowns, no picks. Sacked once in that game against the Eagles. Henderson, 12 of 81 for a touchdown. Tyler Higby, five catches, but three of them for scores. Cam Akers, by the way, this is the biggest theme of the weekend, of course, is injuries. We haven't even gotten to that yet. We will crescendo to the biggest injuries. But Cam Akers, uh, rib injury uh, for the Rams yesterday. Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen, 24 of 35, 417 career high. Four touchdown passes, career high. No picks, uh, one time sacked. Of his 36 career touchdown passes, 14 for Josh Allen have come against the Dolphins. Stephon Diggs, 8 for 153 to touchdown. John Brown, 4 of 82 for a touchdown. 531 total yards of offense for the Bills in front of 11,075 yesterday. Uh, Buffalo by 4. Buffalo minus 4, if this is in Buffalo, you said. Yeah, you're a little high. Uh, it's uh, t- uh, again two and a half juice on the favorite, three juice on the dog. I like the lower number myself. Um, again, my power, I have the two teams uh, rated evenly power rating wise, and, and I'm going to keep saying it probably throughout the show. I'm still not sure what to do with home field advantage. I think it's probably um, you know a little bit for the Bills because you got the Rams on the road two weeks in a row, uh, and I, and I'm really impressed with. Uh, with what Josh Allen has become. We had a lot of uh, questions about him coming out of the draft and they were legitimate questions really, but the kid has gotten a lot better. And, you know, I'd like to mention QBR. His QBR was 93.3 yesterday, passer rating of 147. That's pretty close to perfect, especially for a guy that threw the ball 35 times. You know, so I think he really fits this team well, besides being uh, a much better quarterback than we thought uh, even through last season. Uh, but that being said, you know, Goff, uh, there was a lot of knocks on him, too. And his QBR was actually even a little higher yesterday, 95.90, though his passer rating was slightly less, 142. Uh, so he looked really good, too. And I think uh, I think a lot of people, probably myself included to a degree, uh, thought this was going to be a bad year for the Rams. But uh, so far, not, not so much at all. So I think it's a really, really good game for the morning, one of the best. There's a couple of good ones out there, but this is one of the best of the morning. Two really good teams right now. That uh, I think a lot of people expected the Bills to be really good, maybe not Allen being that good, but the Rams probably a little better than but rated equally higher rating wise, but Buffalo two and a half makes a lot of sense. That's what I'm gonna open. You said Buffalo minus two and a half, is that what you said? Yes. Wow. Two and a half or three. Hmm. You know, juice, yeah, depending which way you go. That's gonna end up being a game I want no part of, I bet, in the end. But in, really? But in, yeah, well, that's I don't, a game I really want to watch. I can tell no, you. No, no, I want to watch it. I'm not sure I want to bet it though. That's my point. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's contest. But let's try yeah. to squeeze in one. More. I get that. Yeah. Try to squeeze in one more here. 
Houston at Pittsburgh. Houston at Pittsburgh. Uh, Houston loses to Baltimore and, and loses pretty comprehensively. Um, curious fourth and one by Bill O'Brien at the Houston 34 uh-huh. down three to nothing with two seconds left in the first quarter. They're down a field goal. It's fourth and one at their own 34 and they decide to go for it. Of course they don't get it. Four plays later, it's 10 to nothing. Uh, I, I, please someone explain. It's just, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Deshaun 25 of 36 for two seventy five, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked four times. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, safety Terrell Edmonds raced in unblocked, took down uh, Denver's backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, fourth and two at the Pittsburgh 15 with less than two minutes to play to preserve their 26 to 21 victory. Seventh sack of the day. That one was for Pittsburgh. Big Ben, 29 of 41 for 311, two touchdowns, one pick and a sack. Connor, 16 for 106 and a touchdown on the ground. Deontay Johnson, eight catches for 92 and a touch. Chase Claypool. Uh, a week after making just a spectacular opening catch for him in his career, a uh, big gainer, big touchdown for him, three carry, uh, three tu- uh, receptions, rather, for 88 yards and a touchdown. But Pittsburgh was two for 12 on third downs. They had 10 penalties for 89 yards, so they got a lot to clean up. Uh, but I'll say Pittsburgh minus three and a half, let's say. Whoa. We really disagree on this one, I'll say. Um Four and a half is the number I see. I see one five out there. I'm leaning the higher way here. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, first of all, let me say, I'm not crazy about the way Pittsburgh has played so far. Yeah. They do have a lot to clean up. And even on defense, I know we're giving their defense a pass. They've done a lot of good things. Sacking the quarterback, they had a uh, uh, fumble return for a, for a touchdown. So some of the things uh, you're just looking number-wise are very impressive with the Steelers. But they they didn't stop Denver with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback when they really needed to, you know, to preserve that big lead that they had. And that was actually one of our few wins that we had on the day. So I shouldn't moan too much, but uh, that was, uh, I don't think the defense played that well, but I thought this had to be closer to seven. I, I'm, I'm not impressed with Houston at all. And Bill O'Brien, I mean, him going for that, it looks like one of those things where a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And it looks like he read a lot about these analytics and all that. <laughs> it kills me. Man, situation. What situation. <laughs> That's not when you do it to a clearly superior team. You know, that you're still in the game at that point. You know, gee. Fourth and one at your own. Uh, I need to say we need Houston pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, so I'm going to be on the higher end here. I'm going to open five. Five. Okay. Five. Not, not crazy off, but off. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. It's guessing no, lines. But I, I like it. If I see it, if I see it trend higher, I'm going higher. I can tell you that. Okay. Guessing lines with Chris Andrews, uh, the star of the show, right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Can I say something about the U.S. Open real quick here, Jason? Uh, U.S. Open yesterday. Bryson DeChambeau wins his first major. The only player under par, and I'm talking really under par. He was six under, <laughs> so a six-stroke lead or six-stroke win. Uh, here's the thing. As you know, if you listen to the show, I had Patrick Reed, among other bets, at 30 to 1. This is one of these great examples of if you're not watching, you're, you're going to be behind the eight ball. Because I think – here's the thing. On, on Friday, Patrick Reed was in the lead, and it just absolutely crumbled on Saturday uh, during the day. And – was it Friday or Saturday where it crumbled? Friday? I can't even remember. Days it was now. Saturday. It was Saturday. And Matthew Wolf had the greatest day ever, right? So for Patrick Reed to have gotten in the lead, 
he was he wasn't hitting fairways and then he was just pulling stuff out of his behind to still maintain his lead just putting out of his out of his you know just head and then Matthew Wolf had the greatest day you could ever possibly have or ever hope to expect to have on Saturday and he got to the lead but the whole time all these things were happening there was Bryson DeChambeau just sort of piddling along you know minus 3 minus 2 minus 3 that kind of thing and if you so no matter what bets you had and it, and by the way I'm not even saying this is a good way because it took me 3 days to finally come to this 3 rounds but if you put all of that in the mix you had to realize at that point that Bryson DeChambeau, because of his brute strength and the nature of this course, that his margin for error is, was so much wider than anybody else playing that golf course. Uh, I jumped in at Bryson DeChambeau after the third round at plus 245. I was probably too late in figuring that out. But at least I did that then. Uh, so was able to make back some of the, uh, the futures bets, if not all. Uh, that were made before, but just just an unbelievable performance, and uh, people can debate uh, how they feel about Bryson DeChambeau's game and his demeanor and what he's doing to golf and all that, but nonetheless, a, a six-stroke winner at the U.S. Open. Bryson DeChambeau gets it done. Back on Guessing Lines here, it's Gil Alexander, it's Chrissy Andrews from the South Point Hotel Casino. Uh, how much, you have a lot of action on the on the U.S. Open, Chris? How was it handle-wise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very, very, very good. And that was a very good result for us too. So yeah. uh, we had the shampoo pretty low. I can't remember exactly what we opened them 12 to one. I want to say something like that. So we didn't have a lot of action on him. So that was a really, really good, good result for us. One of the few of the day, but I was glad to have him. I'm almost happy he wanted going away because there was just too much sports, right? It was just, I couldn't, Yeah, there was. I I couldn't focus on it. Couldn't with football. Anyway, let's try to squeeze in one here. San Francisco 49ers at the New York Giants. All right, we're not going to be able to squeeze this in, but let me just give the preamble <laughs> to this. Uh, San Francisco yeah. beats the Jets. All you really have to know about that game against the Jets is that Mostert went to the house from, what is it, 75 or 80 yards on the very first uh, play of uh, scrimmage. 80 yards, I'm sorry, 80 yards <laughs> on the first play of scrimmage. And the other one was San Francisco at one point had a third and 31 deep backed up into their end zone. And they had, it was like a 55-yard run for a first down. Like, it was just a give-up play against the Jets. So the Jets are horrific. By the way, if Adam Gase has a job by noon today, that's an upset. Uh, but, but, the, but the story with – but what we like, I like to call this a Pyrrhic victory, right? That's the word, Pyrrhic victory yeah. for the uh, yeah. Niners because they, they're a mash unit. Garoppolo, who was 14 of 16 for 131, two touchdowns, no picks, and it was sacked once, he goes out of the game with a high ankle sprain, didn't play the second half. Mostert. As I mentioned, 8 for 92, but 80 of those were on the first play from scrimmage. He goes out, feared MCL sprain, didn't play the second half. Nick Bosa, likely torn ACL per Kyle Shanahan. Solomon Thomas left in the first quarter along with Bosa. He's hurt as well. So good for the Niners. They crushed the Jets. By the way, Jordan Reed, 7 for 50 with two touchdowns. Every Skins fan is out there going, uh-huh, there's Jordan Reed. Um, but they came into that game without Kittle. With his knee injury, Debo Samuel with a foot injury, Richard Sherman with a calf injury, defensive end D. Ford with a neck injury. Likely, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, I don't even know how you make a line with all that with those players in question. And then there's the Giants. That's who you said they're playing. I mean, likely torn ACL for Saquon yeah. Barkley, the biggest of all injuries uh, yesterday in the NFL. Yeah. After he gained and 20 Shepard, too, hurt his toe. Shepard hurt his toe. So we put all that in the yeah. mix. I'll guess a line coming up. Jeez. What a game this is with all the injuries. Coming back right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
It's Gil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews. It is Guessing Lines right here on a Monday morning, just like riding a bike. Uh, appreciate everybody, by the way. Huge uh, podcast numbers on this, despite us even airing this on VEASAN. Uh, so we're <clears throat> super appreciative of that. By the way, correction, I, I, I made one error here earlier. John Burgo. Uh, Gil, I had the same issue with Belichick at the end of game, but he had one timeout left at the point you're referencing as he used his second earlier in the drive after a cam scramble. Either way, he cost them at least one chance at the end zone by not calling timeout after the Edelman catch. Uh, you're right, but that does change it a bit because then I get you want to keep that one in your pocket just to give you options in case you uh, you know get the ball down. And you, and you need to use that timeout as the clock is uh, winding down. It gives you options of, of what plays to call. So, yeah, not great, but not as bad as I made it out to be then. Let me just say that. Let me pull back on that a little bit. Um, why, why did I think there were two? Because I think that on the screen they said there were – the little uh, blips had two. I think there was an error in the graphic. I could be wrong about that too. Uh, let's throw up that injury report for week two that we throw up, uh, throw up at VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. But just going through this because uh, Chrissy just teed up – the giant, the uh, 49ers Giants game for me. There's Barkley with the ACL. Then Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, all ACLs there. Most are with the knee. Uh, the Niners don't believe that's going to be serious. Garoppolo with the ankle. We shall see. There's the big one. We mentioned Drew Locke with the shoulder injury. That's that's what gave way to Jeff Driscoll. Shepard's toe for the Giants as well. Devontae Adams with a hamstring. But Christian McCaffrey is the one on the right column there that looms large. Because I don't, we don't know how bad that is. MRI today for McCaffrey. We'll see what that's all about. Obviously, that's a, you know, you talk about non-quarterbacks who move a line. That guy's top of list on a very short list. Uh, Chrissy, so when we put it all, we'll just continue with San Francisco at the Giants. I don't even know what I'd make this because we don't know who's playing, right? And we're going to, uh, let's assume there's no Barkley. Okay, well, that will make it a, a big line to begin with if there's no Barkley, and we, and we know there's no Barkley. Yeah, but there's no Barkley. Yeah, but, uh, he, but San, we could forget about yeah, him. Yeah, we could forget about him. But San Francisco, I guess I don't know. Is it Nick Mullins? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Does that really mean anything? Uh, Mostert, yes, but what if they don't have Bosa, and what if they don't have Thomas? I mean, I'll say six is a placeholder, but it's kind of nebulous to me. Yeah, my power rate, there's like your power rate, and then there's this week's number, you know, and uh, I'm kind of with you. I don't know what to make of this number. I mean, everybody has it up. I mean, it's pretty much a blanket four. I do see one, three and a half. You know, I guess I'll go with four. Uh, you know, I mean, the Giants, I actually had them in my contest yesterday, and they covered for me. But, you know, they, they were anything but impressive. You know, Niners were impressive, on the other hand, and uh, – What's, um, you know, Mullins, I'm looking at him. You know, his QBR was 2.3, and that's bad. Uh, so it's a huge drop-off from Jimmy G, who I think it gets a little bit of flack when he shouldn't. Um, but they're putting out four. I guess I'll go with that, but I can tell you, I'm going to tread very carefully in this game because, uh, you know, I don't know who all's in and who all's out for the 49ers. I think I'm pretty sure who's out for the Giants, and, uh, you know, that that I know. But it's going to make a big difference with the lineup for San Francisco. And right now it looks pretty sketchy because those are all – every guy you mentioned is a key, key yeah. player for them. Huge. By the way, I didn't even mention uh, Daniel Jones for the Giants. Uh, 25 of 40, 241, no touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked four times in the Giants' 17-13 to 13 loss to the Bears, which 
the only reaction I have is I don't know how they were in that game. I don't know how they covered. I don't yeah. know how they possibly had yeah. a chance to win it. But you know how some teams, their final drive, like the uh, Burrow <laughs> drive to cover against the Browns on Thursday, like there's no way they're not scoring. This was there's no way they're scoring. They're not they are not going to figure this out. <laughs> and they didn't. But the Giants do cover for uh, Giants backers 17 to 13. All right. Uh, that one's, yeah, that one's too hard with all the injuries. What's next? By the way, let me just throw out there. Two guys lost in the Circa last man standing contest. I can't possibly think of who they could have had. <laughs> Unless they just didn't fill out their contest sheet. The, ans- you know? the answer mean, was. There's no favorite. The answer was, you're talking about in the Survivor? The Survivor, yeah. Yeah, they had the Eagles, Jason, and what was the other one? Panthers? I think it was the Panthers, yeah. Yeah, one entry was the Eagles and one entry was the Panthers. Really? So, yeah, so we're not sure why. Maybe they wow. had multiple entries. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That, that, you know, maybe. Okay. All right, next up, Tennessee and Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Tennessee, 2-0, and Minnesota 0-2. Ryan Tannehill, 18 of 24 yesterday. Uh, in Tennessee's win over the Jaguars, which we already talked about, 33-30, to they hold on. Uh, Steven Goskowski, two game winners now uh, for the Titans, despite having all kinds of trouble with field goals in the first game and missing extra points in both games. Derrick Henry, uh, 25 for 84. John o. Smith, four catches for 84, but two touchdowns. Tennessee, 7 of 11 on third downs. Tannehill, um, well, now I spoiled the trivia question. <laughs> I was going to ask you a trivia question. I was going to say, uh, who leads the NFL since week seven of last season with 10 straight games with at least two touchdowns and no picks? The answer is Ryan Tannehill. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Would never have guessed him. Uh, Minnesota loses and loses badly, Chrissy. I mean, badly to Indianapolis, 28 to 11 in a game that, quite frankly, wasn't that close. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 11 for 26 for 113 yards. That's four. That's 4.35 yards per attempt. 4.35. No touchdowns, three picks, sacked three times. He had a 0.0 passer rating late into the third quarter. He ended at 15.9. And the Vikings have actually taken a safety in three straight games going back to last season's regular season finale. There's a note. Yeah. 100, 175 total yards. They were two of nine on third down. And by the way, time of possession doesn't always mean something, but here it does. 21 minutes and 35 seconds, all they held the ball. And they had an injury, Anthony Barr, injured shoulder. Uh, Tennessee's got to be more than a three-point favorite. I'll say three and a half. We got 60 seconds here, Chrissy. Uh, it's two and actually anywhere from one and a half to two and a half. Mine, I, really? I three myself. Wow. But the Vikings look so bad. But, and one other thing that you talked about gaze for the jets, the coach, look what happened at Tannehill. Once he got rid of gaze. Yes. He went from probably, you know, borderline bust to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. As soon as he got this guy off his back. Good point. And Minnesota just looked as bad as possible. Uh, I'm going to be on the higher end here, two and a half. If I see a three pop up, I'm going to go there. There is something deeply wrong with this Minnesota team. They are simply awful at this point. I asked Lombardi, even though I thought it was a weird line on Monday, I asked Lombardi Wednesday, I was like, is this a sneaky 5-11 and 11 team? Like, has the window shut? And uh, he was pretty much in agreement with that. Uh, Tannehill leading the NFL since week seven of last season with 10 straight games with at least two touchdowns and no yeah. picks. Great point about losing Adam Gase. That's the first line I think we have value on. I can't believe that's lower than three. We'll come back. 
guessing yeah. lines. That's the point of this exercise. Chris Andrews, Skill Alexander, coming right back right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. More games to come. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It's Gil Alexander. It's Chris Andrews. It's Guessing Lines, everybody, for week three in the National Football League. By the way, every team that was on the road last week in week one was at home in week two. Every team that was in, at home in week one on the road in week two. That never happens in the NFL. I think 50 years it's been since that's happened. But that's the way they, uh, the uh, cookie crumble, that's the way they did it by design for the schedule this year. All right, Chris, what's next? Next up, we have the Washington football team at the Cleveland Browns. The Washington football team. At the Cleveland Browns. Both teams one and one. By the way, two and O teams to make the playoffs historically, and that's in a year where there were only six teams per conference making the playoffs. Two and O teams make it sixty-two percent of the time. Now, of course, they've added a wild card team, so chuck that up even higher, probably. Uh, but these are two one and one teams between the Washington football team and Cleveland. I don't really have much to say here. Uh, the uh, the Washington football team loses. See, I almost did it there, Chrissy. Uh, they lose to uh, Arizona, <laughs> uh, and they lose by the score of 30 to 15. I'll say it again, not nearly that close. 
Uh, Dwayne, right. ha- Dwayne Haskins, 19 of 33 for 223, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. Terry McLaurin, still the only real redskin threat on offense. Seven catches for 125 and a touchdown. Great draft pick out of Ohio State. And there's Cleveland. They've got extra rest. They beat Cincinnati. Did not cover, though, on Thursday night. Baker Mayfield was 16 of 23, you may recall, for 219, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb, 22 for 124, two touchdowns in that game, and Kareem Hunt, 10 for 86 on the ground with a touchdown, two for 15 through the air and a touchdown. Um, Look, Washington is Washington. Their front seven is great. Everything else is not. Their offense is supremely challenged. I don't think they're a very good football team. By the way, the NFC West might be awesome. The NFC East might be historically bad, especially now with all the injuries. (laughs) I mean, really, with all the injuries. Dallas should, should sleepwalk to the title. I know Philly's going to have something to say about that, but Dallas really should, although I've got something to say about Dallas. they got problems, too, despite their amazing win yesterday. Um, I'll just say Cleveland minus six. Yeah, you know, my power ratings come to six and a half. It's mostly seven, and I like that much better, um, you okay. know, with the, the extra rest. And, you know, in all honesty, Cleveland looked pretty good. Um, I don't want to go overboard because the first week of the season, they looked like the worst team in the league, but they looked pretty good to me on Thursday night. So I, I like the seven better and uh well you're watching the football team. You know, I liked Haskins a lot coming out of college, but you know, so far not so good. His QBR thirteen point three. Uh but uh, you're right. They they lost uh thirty to fifteen was not nearly that close. No. Not at all. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about yeah, that. I'm gonna go with seven. That's a pretty ho hum matchup right there. All right. Yeah. By the way, Baker Mayfield still one or two bad performances away from, you know, the buzz about him being benched being there. So he's still teetering to me. How about <laughs> how about the top of that draft in 2018? Baker Mayfield maybe one or two starts away from the benching talk. Saquon out for the year now with the ACL, and then Sam Darnold at three. Not really that great at football mm. consensus. Mm. Think about that draft. And there, there are other yeah. players in the well, top. Well, he gets rid of Adam Gaze, though. Yeah, so true. Know, that that might be a big help. Who's who's the best top ten player in that draft now? Quentin Nelson or uh, Denzel Ward? Probably somebody like some of the more non sexy picks in twenty eighteen for the top ten. All right, yeah. what's next here? Uh, we have the Bengals at the Eagles. Bengals at the Eagles. The aforementioned Bengals who lost the Browns last Thursday night when Joe Burrow was thirty seven of sixty one for three sixteen. That's only a 5.18 yards per attempt, but he looked good. 8 of 18 on third downs with a Bengal, 5 of 5 on fourth on Thursday night. And then there's the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles lose to the Rams yesterday, 37 to 19. Wentz was 26 of 43 for 242. No touchdowns, two picks. Wasn't sacked. Miles Sanders was back, 20 for 95 and a touchdown. The Eagles just aren't that great. They just really are unimpressive. You, you think... You saw this image of them winning the Super Bowl, and they just have been very mediocre since then. And I think almost half their wins since that Super Bowl victory have been against the Giants and the Washington football team. They're just not not good. Um, that said, it is against a rookie quarterback playing his third game, so they're going to be favored, and I think it'll be more than a field goal. I'll say minus four and a half. Well, again, I like your number much better. It's uh, six and a half. He won six in a highly respectable place. I'm going to open at six myself. You know, I I mentioned to 
Matt Humans before the year, and I talked to him again last night, and I'm going to say the same thing. I'm not sure how good this Bengal team is, but they're going to cover some numbers as a dog. Yes. And this, to me, I think is a perfect situation for I them. Agree. They get a little bit of extra rest. And, you know, I don't know what it was because I'm in with a bunch of other guys. We had the Eagles yesterday in the contest, and I was not for it. Uh, but I got over, not that I got overruled. I just didn't say anything. They all love the Eagles. It was one of those games where if you didn't like the Eagles yesterday, they were going to take away your wise guy card. <laughs> Every wise man down at the Eagles. The, the public was all over the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm, I'm looking, I, we, at least we went in, that was like a break even game for us, which was a huge victory considering yesterday's result. Uh, but everybody was on the Eagles. I'll tell you, I mean, the number, I'm not sure exactly what it should be because I think people probably will bet the Eagles thinking that they're 0-2, facing a rookie quarterback, the team that was the worst in the league last year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I definitely like the Bengals. If I was out there betting my money, I would definitely be on the Bengals in this uh, this matchup. And I'll, I'm going to push hard for our contest to have the Bengals. I love it. You were like, I didn't really say anything. I just kept my mouth. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut with my contest uh, uh, cohorts. Yeah, yeah. add that to uh, to Tennessee for me is the first two I like. Tennessee and Cincinnati. That's too many points. Okay. Too many points. Let's squeeze one more in here before the uh, top of the hour. Bears, Bears at the Falcons. Bears at the Falcons. Bears we talked about. Bears uh, beat the Giants. Mitch Trubisky, 18-28 to 28 for 192 touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked four times. Montgomery with the workload for the uh, Bears, 16 for 82 on the ground, three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. The Atlanta Falcons. We're going to have to split this up between Falcons talk and Cowboys talk. 21,708 fans there uh, yesterday in Atlanta. Greg Zerline kicks the 46-yarder as time expires, and the Cowboys overcome Four fumbles and a 20-point deficit in the first quarter to beat the Falcons 40-39 to yesterday with under nine minutes left in the game. Atlanta had a 98% chance, according to Next Gen Stats, to beat the Cowboys. <laughs> that was after a six-yard pickup to make it second and four. But then two incomplete passes that stopped the clock, right? So there was a Julio Jones uh, drop in the third quarter that was a sure touchdown. That was very uncharacteristic. But it's still still 98% chance with under nine minutes left for the Falcons to win that game. So they get a six-yard pickup, but then two incomplete passes stop the clock. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that won't matter, right? I mean, this game's over. Uh, but it does. Every one of those plays matters. They end up with a field goal. They're up 39-24 to 24, even after that. Then Dallas scores a touchdown and then decide to go for two. Curious. Down nine. Uh, excuse me, down, yeah, down nine. Um, they don't get it. So it's 39 to 30. They force a punt. Dallas does of Atlanta. Dallas scores another touchdown. And then the onside kick heard around the world. Uh, <laughs> onside kick from Greg Zerline uh, with no T, which had the magical powers of mesmerizing the, uh, the Falcons who stared at the ball. <laughs> and we're like, what do we do with this again? This is, this is dizzying. Oh, Wait. Oh, now it's too late. Recovered by C.J. Goodwin. You know the rest. They're aligned with the field goal. They outscored. The Cowboys outscored the Falcons 16 to nothing. The final four minute and 57 seconds of that game. It's the biggest blown lead for the Falcons since they're 28 to three choking in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Ryan, 24 of 36 for 273. Four touchdowns, no picks, one sack. But who cares? He always puts up great numbers. Ridley, seven for 109, two touchdowns. Julio Jones, this we care about. Two catches, 24 yards, and again, 
Up 29 to 17, third quarter, 709 left. He drops a short touchdown pass. What the? Just horrific. We talk about Gase. What about Dan Quinn? Still, still, they'll be, they'll be favored against the Bears. I'll say Atlanta minus three and a half, even after all that. Yeah, it's three, three and a half. I like the lower number. How many special teams coaches this week? <laughs> we go, oh do you guys understand? <laughs> You're allowed to touch the ball before it goes 10 yards. They are not allowed to touch the ball. You are allowed to. Uh, that's so that's the weird. Worst. <laughs> uh Kicking, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find the, the right words. Remember Leon Lett in that snowball against oh, Miami? Sure and, do. I don't know how many years. Yeah, how many years ago that was, and <laughs> he, you know, led to a uh, Dallas loss. But this one led to a Dallas win. But I, I guarantee every coach is going to go through that this week, and uh, that's just an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. As I'm watching it, and uh, you know, I. It was one of those games where we were going to lose because they took they took uh, the Atlanta plus the points, but they bet Dallas on the money line, and of course that was another horrible result for us. But um, brutal money yeah. line loss for those who had the Falcons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's amazing because, you know, when you're watching it on red zone, there were, uh, who's the guy, it's not Siciliano, but the other guy, uh, he was, uh, Scott Hanson. No, it's not Scott Hanson. That's the guy who does Dateline. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott Hanson. Uh, that's not the guy you want in your kitchen or your living room, but it was the other guy. Uh, but he said, uh, he was like, he thought the ball had like curved all of a sudden at the end. No, it didn't. It just kind of spun slowly. And the Cowboys it's were, like, yeah, the yeah. Falcons were like, hey, that's supposed to be your hands guys yeah. out there, right? Hey. You know, I mean, yeah, I can't yeah, jump opposite, on it. Yeah. Opposite of their hands, guys. Um, all right, so kind of on that number. Uh, we got more to say. I have more to say about that when we get to Dallas, too. Whole bunch more games get to seven, in fact. Guessing lines week three with Chris Andrews right here on the Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, Series XM Channel 204, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, and Game Plus, all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Chris Andrews here as well with us, my mishpucha from the uh, South Point Hotel Casino. By the way, uh, should I mention this, uh, Jason? I have a, a tennis bet this morning that I have no expectation of winning. How do you like that for a for a, for a preamble? Uh, I have a bet on Diego Schwartzman. It's about to start in Rome in about five minutes. I have Diego Schwartzman at plus four sixteen against Novak Djokovic. It's the final in Rome on clay. Schwartzman on Rosh Hashanah beats the King of Clay, Rafael Nadal. Has every has anything ever been that poetic, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, so I have no expectation that Schwartzman will take down Djokovic today because he just had an unbelievable match in between the Nadal match and this one against uh, Denis Shapovalov yesterday, which he overcame at third set tiebreaker. But I'll take a flyer on it, plus 416, because I think it's a good bet. Still no expectation of winning it. But if people want to get on that, mazel tov to you, if you know what I mean. Uh, Chrissy's back. Uh, a couple. Uh, <laughs> I want to bring a couple things. One, I was right. Did I say Scott Hansen? Scott Hansen was the guy on Red Zone. Chris Hansen was the guy on the old on the old date lines that would show up in kitchens. Where it was just it's a whole other subject. And then uh, Chris Valika uh, texting us, uh, Chrissy, in the middle of all that. He goes, "That's not very nice to talk about Adam Gase like that, guys. He's a brilliant offensive mind." <laughs> I think that was sarcasm. Uh, Chrissy, I think we have. Uh, I think we're more a little more than halfway through here. 
for a week three lines. What is next? We're still in the morning, I yeah. believe. Uh, no, we're going to the afternoon now. Already in the afternoons. Oh, that's right, because there's five, you said. Yeah. Oh, all right. Perfect afternoon. Yeah. Stuff. A, all right. A, uh, all right. The uh, Super Bowl three rematch. Jets at the Colts. <laughs> Super Bowl three <III> rematch. <laughs> uh, we all remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it's a revenge game for the Colts. It's a re- <laughs> too soon. A revenge game for the Colts. That's right. Uh, Joe Willie Namath guaranteeing victory. Uh, what was it? 16 to seven. Is that the correct score of that game? Super Bowl three. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. the jets are Oh, two. they ain't those jets. Uh, and it's against the uh, Colts who are now one and one. They lost the Jaguars week one, and then they just destroyed the Vikings 28 to 11 yesterday, easily covering the three and a half. And again, a game that wasn't that close. We talked about the Vikings woes. Darnold yesterday for the jets, 21 of 32 for 179. one touchdown. No picks. He was sacked once. Only 275 total yards of offense against the Niners for the Jets. The Colts beat the uh, Vikings in front of 2,500 people in attendance yesterday. By the way, they're permitting 7,500 at next week's home game for the uh, Colts against the Jets, for those who, uh, or excuse me, for this game against the Jets, for those who are attendance statistic fans. Phillip Rivers yesterday, 19 to 25 for 214, one touchdown, one pick, two sacks, uh, twice sacked, I should say. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. How about this? 26 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Mo Ali Cox, five catches for 111. Uh, more injuries. The Colts with their second ruptured Achilles of the season. Marlon Mack earlier, and now it's Malik Hooker, their safety. Uh, feared torn Achilles per Ian Rappaport. And Paris Campbell, one of their wideouts, carted off with a knee injury. Just, I mean, NFL was brutal yesterday. I don't ever remember a weekend like that in the NFL where so many big-name players were hurt and badly. Uh, But the Jets are terrible, Chris. So, to me, it's the, I mean, Colts minus six and a half, I'll say. Once again, I kind of like your number better. I made it seven. And first of all, let me say, the Jets have tumbled to the bottom of my power ratings. Wow. But the Colts, did they just beat a horrible team? I think so. Or are they any good? I think they beat a horrible team myself. I'm going through the numbers. You know, Rivers was not that impressive. Nope. Uh, QBR, again, at 36.2. You know, he sacked a couple times. He had a touchdown and interception. You know, Taylor was good. Mo Alley Cox was good. But I think they beat a horrible team. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to look at a team like the Jets and talk about some value. But I think there's a little value here in taking the Jets plus the 10. Um, God, I, you know, I, you got to really hold your nose and do it if you're going to do that. But I, I kind of like the Jets in this spot. I think 10 is just too high against the team that is 10? just not very good. Wow, 10. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's one of those, though, where it's like, okay, the other one with the Bengals, I love taking those points. With the Jets, do yeah. I, I want to live through that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I do. Yeah, you want to watch that on TV? Yeah. I mean, that's the game you you bet and you know, call me with the final. 
Yeah, it's Gil Alexander. It's Chris Andrews. It's a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It's guessing lines for those tuning in for the first time. Uh, it's a tribute to the old Stardust Radio Show with the uh, great Roxy Roxborough. Uh, I am in a cocoon since yesterday. I guess what I think the line ought to be once Chris serves up the matchup, and then he tells me what he's going to post here at the South Point. Hopefully, within that exercise, we can extract some value. Already, I think we have in a couple of these games. Don't know if I want to take the Jets, even though I was so far off, and. Uh, and you think it shouldn't be what the line actually is either, but uh, that's interesting. Ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to open 10 just to go on the record. I'm yeah. going to open 10. I'm not going to take a stand at this point on the Jets this yeah. early in the week. Uh, but I, I like the Jets. I think 10 is just too high. I think you're right, though. That's the way to look at it. Do the, are the Colts good or did the Colts just beat a really bad team yesterday? And I think you're right. It's the latter. All right. Five afternoon games. I like this. What's next? Well, this is a tough one. Carolina at the Chargers. Oh, God. Okay, so we don't know about Christian McCaffrey. Let me just say that up front, right? That's the big thing. That's yeah. the big thing. So how could you possibly make a line here? Bridgewater yesterday for Carolina uh, against Tampa Bay, and by, Tampa Bay wins that game 31-17. to That's a brutal beat for underbetters, and that's a brutal beat for Carolina betters, the way that uh, Tampa Bay scored late there on the Fournette breakout. But uh, Bridgewater yesterday for Carolina against Tampa Bay, 33 of 42 for 367, no touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked five times. McCaffrey, before he went out with an injury, 18 for 59 on the ground, two touchdowns, four catches for 29 yards. DJ Moore, eight for 120. Robbie Anderson, nine for 109, but four turnovers for the Panthers, nine penalties for 77 yards. It's an ankle injury for McCaffrey per the team. This is the first 10-plus game losing streak for the Panthers since 2001. The Panthers have allowed six touchdowns rushing in the first two games this season. Remember, they were horrific against the run last year. So if you if you go back to last year, they've allowed 38 rushing touchdowns over the past 18 football games, including 32 from last season. Just a terrible uh, record there against the ground game. Chargers win. Uh, excuse me, Chargers lose, pardon me. They won the first week, remember, getting by Cincinnati. Chargers lose, but lose impressively, if that's a uh, proper phrase there, to the Chiefs yesterday, uh, 23-20. to They put up a big fight in this game and really for a long time looked like they were going to win this outright. Right before the game, uh, Terod Taylor with the uh, what people were describing as the peculiar chest injury um, – but I guess it was a re-aggravation of something he had before. So Justin Herbert, in just his second game uh, in uniform, becomes the starter, and he comported himself very well for the Chargers yesterday. Uh, but it wasn't to be. Harrison Butker kicking a 58-yard field goal with 155 remaining in overtime, and the Chiefs survive the Chargers 23-20. to uh, The big moment in this one, uh, there was a fourth down. So, t- so, so end of regulation... The Chargers have a 10-minute, 21-second drive that they end up settling uh, for a field goal on. Rush, rush, and then a broken play where Herbert looked to hand off, but he turned right when he should have turned left to Eckler. So that was a broken play. So they end up settling for the field goal. Butker comes back 30-yarder on the final play of regulation to send it into overtime. He had already hit a 58-yarder earlier in the game. Final sequence, oh, finally in overtime, the Chargers, with fourth and one at their own 34, with 7.58 left, decide to punt it away. 
And by the way, uh, Anthony. Where's Bill O'Brien when you need him? <laughs> Where's Bill O'Brien <laughs> when you need him? That's right. Anthony Lynn, this is according to Pro Football Talk, on his overtime punt, quote, I gave us a chance to extend the game, unquote. Huh. Oh, good yeah. Lord. Thanks. Herbert was 22 of 33 for 311, by the way. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked two times. He's the ninth quarterback since the merger to have a 300-yard game in his NFL debut. But uh, the Chiefs end up matriculating the ball down the field. And then in one of the great kicking displays you are ever likely to see, uh, Butker kicks a 53-yarder. Which was first? Was it the uh, false start was first or the icing first? I can never remember. But either way, it was 53-yarder, but it was a false start. So it goes back to 58. Then they ice him. He still takes a practice kick. He makes that. And then the actual kick from 58, he makes that again. Good Lord, Harrison Butker. And I will tell you this. When the Chiefs were lining up to kick that field goal, fourth and, in, uh, fourth and like a foot at the, uh, at, in plus territory for a 53-yard field goal attempt with, with uh, around two minutes left, 158 left, I was the first person to say, I was like, I think this is a mistake by Andy Reid. Like, you shouldn't kick the field goal here. You should just try to pick up the first down, get a little closer, because you still have time. But he knows his kicker better than I do, because Butker was like, it's no problem for me. Anyway, from the Chargers' perspective, Eckler, 16 for 93 on the ground, 4 for 55 receptions. Keenan Allen, 7 for 96. Hunter Henry, 6 for 83. Anyway, they lose to the Chargers, but they have a lot to be proud of with Justin Herbert. Oh, here's what I don't understand from yesterday. The biggest upshot, you could say what you will about the, the Chargers' decision to punt on fourth and one in overtime. That was suspect. By the way, there was a fourth down play, which was strange uh, in, the, uh, in the first half when they're at the Kansas City 34, up seven and nothing also. But at the end of this game, after, after Herbert did what Herbert did, they asked Anthony Lynn, or I don't even know if they asked him or if he was unprompted, and he's like, when Terod Taylor is healthy, he's our quarterback. What? <laughs> what? what? I, don't, I, I don't understand. Why would you do that after what you saw yesterday? Anyway, who's this, Caroline at the Chargers? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> McCaffrey yeah. hurt? I don't know. McCaffrey's hurt. If McCaffrey's, if McCaffrey's playing, this is probably around – Four and a half. If he's not playing, there's no telling what this line would be. Well, I, I agree with you, few, almost exactly. If he, if he's playing, like power ratings come to four and a half, which I think is a pretty good number. But I did that thing for Matt Humans, like with uh, a couple different projects we were working on together. One was how many points are non-quarterbacks worth, and are there any? And there's only a few. But the top of the list was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and I thought he was worth two points. Now, tell you the truth, he might be worth more now Maybe that I think three. about it. Yeah. So I see some guys have it up six and a half. It's almost to me like you're assuming that um, McCaffrey's not playing. Um, I think I'm just going to leave this one off. I, I just think too much of McCaffrey. And by the way, how about the one play with Herbert when he was running out of bounds and the guy went to tackle and the guy and he stuck the, the linebacker. <laughs> and, he, and he just bounced right up. Yeah, linebacker had a stinger. <laughs> Who was it? One of the linebackers. Yeah, had a and I mean, you can even see like the uh, the the uh, the Charger medical staff rushed to him. They could see right away he was hurt. That's yeah. you know, Herbert. It's that guy. He was very impressive. I liked a lot what I see. It's one game, so who knows? But he looked very good. And if they're going to give Tyrod Taylor the ball back when I he's out, do not understand crazy. that. Don't uh, understand that. No, so I'm 
I'm going to leave that one off. But, you know, Herbert has nothing to do with it, except he should start. But, you know, with McCaffrey questionable, I'm, I'm not putting it up. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, I, I would, for me, it would be three points, right? And I think that's for people who are just landing on, uh, you know, people new time betters or, yeah. or, or casual betters, novice betters in different jurisdictions. And they're like, wait, say that again. So quarterbacks tend to mean the most against the line. In fact, so much so what Chrissy was saying that, most non-quarterbacks, despite how famous they might be, despite how much the mainstream media might make about them, don't mean a damn thing to the line. But there are a few exceptions. And Christian McCaffrey, what Chrissy was saying, is top of that list. Uh, two points, maybe three, um, because I think four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half was my guess with him. But I, I probably guess like seven or seven and a half without him. Because that, what, what does Carolina do without him? Uh you know, yeah, I mean, to me, go at least six and a half, at least, yeah. without him, at least. All right, let's do another. Afternoon. So, I'm leaving it up. Detroit at Arizona. Detroit at Arizona. Oh, it's a rematch of the tie from uh, week one of last year. When, <laughs> right, when yeah. the Lions snatched a tie from the jaws of victory. Uh, Detroit loses to Green Bay yesterday. We have a question uh, on the uh, Megapod every week, uh, the Beating the Book podcast, which we do the Megapod now live at the D every Thursday at 10 a.m. Everybody's welcome to join us. But the last question is always, what's the, well, there's two last questions, but one of the last two is, what's the big favorite you think is the most likely to lose outright? Big favorite, six and a half point favorites or, or greater. And I said, I actually have a hunch Green Bay might against Detroit. And for the first part of that game, I was feeling really smart. I'm like, see, look at that. I just knew it. Everybody's overreacting. And then Detroit just looked like garbage. Uh, Stafford, 20 of 33 for 244, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked four times. This is the third losing streak of 11-plus games in the Super Bowl era. Uh, The first team in history to lose four straight games in which they led by 10-plus points. Four straight games in which they led by 10-plus points. The Detroit Lions. And we said last week... 33 games, this was going into this week, that Patricia had coached 33 games and had blown 11 fourth-quarter leads. Didn't happen in this game because they were long behind by the fourth quarter. But still, four straight games in which they led by 10-plus points. Every week, it seems like we're coming up with some Lions horrific superlative stat. And then there's Arizona we talked about. They beat the, uh, the Washington football team. Kyler Murray, 26 of 38 for 286. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked three times. But this is always the case with Murray. Eight carries for 67 yards, two touchdowns. That is where the magic is. DeAndre Hopkins, after catching 14 in week one, eight for 68 and a touchdown. Uh, Arizona did have 11 penalties uh, for 96 yards. They'll have to clean that up. But listen, Russell Wilson, we were you know watching that game last night. Russell Wilson, famously, the stat that we've been talking about, it's the most amazing stat in all of sports, quite frankly, that he's never received one single MVP vote. And Chris Collinsworth was on the broadcast last night on Sunday Night Football, and he actually said, yeah. you know, Pro Football Focus had him as the MVP last year, and I, was, I would have voted for Russell Wilson. But the year before, Collinsworth said, I was late putting in my ballot, so they took the ballot away from me. I'm no longer allowed to vote. So he would have had one, but he doesn't. Uh, but, but at least that narrative is now permeating, you know, the mass media about Russell Wilson. So I think Russell Wilson, yeah. it's his to lose this year. But if he loses it, you know who's top of that list, Chrissy? Kyler Murray to me. Like, this guy's amazing. Uh, I'll, say, yeah. I'll say Arizona at a minimum six here against Detroit, minus six. Well, uh, you're right on. It's six. Uh, my power ratings come to seven. And I got to give you a mea culpa here. I thought 
I didn't like Murray coming out of college. I really don't like their coach. Uh, I didn't, you know, but he seems to fit Murray extremely well. And, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't be more wrong. This kid looks really, really good. And we've hit like about four games in a row with terrible coaching Atlanta with Quinn, uh, the jets with gays, the Chargers. We didn't get that into it, but Anthony Lynn is no bargain. And now we're on <laughs> Matt Patricia. Man, he's another guy. And, you know, get a picture of him on the sidelines because you won't see him there next year. I no. can tell you, they shouldn't see him there by the end of the season. Remember, they fired Jim Caldwell a couple of years ago after he was like nine and seven or ten and six, something like that. I remember scratching my head. What? Jim- Detroit this is the worst franchise, of, you know, my of my lifetime. Jim they Caldwell. If I'm if I'm I'm doing this off memory because we were talking about this a week ago, me Ian Felica. Four years with the Lions. I want to say that he won 11 games, then he had a down year, and then he won nine and he won nine. Nine and seven, as you yeah. say, his final year. And they fired Sounds about right. Him. And they yeah. fired him. Yeah. And this is, this is what they got now. Matt Ooh. Patricia. Who, who's, who's more on the hot yeah. seat, him or, her, him or Gase? It's one of those two guys. Uh, I'd say Gase just because it's New York. Yeah, I think you're um, right. I think you're right. Anyway, I see this number five and a half and six. I'm going to go with six. Like I said, my numbers come to seven. Uh, I'm going to go with six. And uh, I see it trending lower. You know, probably the same guys that uh, bet the Eagles yesterday. And, you know, so. Uh, but I, I like the higher number. And if I see it trending higher at all, I'm going to go higher. But five and a half and six, I'm going to open six. You know, the other thing with Kyler Murray is I say this about Russell Wilson all the time. I think these are the two guys. Maybe I could say this about Lamar Jackson too, but for some reason I don't find myself involved in, in, in Lamar Jackson games as much. But Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, the, the truth serum of betting. If you're betting against those two guys, it is the worst experience you could possibly endure. <laughs> it's never over. You're never comfortable. Let's do one more here before the break from the afternoon of week three. Just real quick, I was watching the game last night with my wife, and I needed uh, I needed uh, I keep wanting to say Carolina. I needed uh, New England, and I kept telling her I hate betting against or needing against Russell Wilson. I hate it. Yeah, it's the worst. Oh, man, is he good? Okay, those those <laughs> touchdown right, passes. Buccaneers at the Broncos. Yeah, those touchdown passes that he threw. I was talking about the DK Metcalf one in Week One against the Falcons, but all three of those yeah. touchdown passes yesterday. Or not that he threw five, by the way, but three of them, the long ones. Good Lord, were those beautiful. I'm sorry, what was the matchup? Uh, Tampa at Denver. Tampa at Denver. All right, well, I don't know if we're going to squeeze all this in, but Tampa at Denver. Tampa gets off the schneid. They win yesterday. Uh, the Buccaneers, as we mentioned, uh, beat the uh, Carolina Panthers, and they, they end up covering, and that game goes over in, in just the worst kind of way for betters who are on the opposite side of that. Uh, Brady was 23 of 35, 217, one touchdown, one pick. Not, nothing special. Fournette, 12 for 103. That was padded by that last touchdown run for two touchdowns. Evans, 7 for 104 and a touchdown. Then there's Denver. We mentioned uh, Drew Locke, 1 of 5 for 20 before the shoulder injury. Left uh, the stadium in a sling. Cortland Sutton, who was uh, questionable for the first game, he shows up for this game. Then he gets a knee injury and cramping per Adam Schefter. He left. So it was Jeff Driscoll against the Steelers. 18 of 34 for 256. Two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked six times and absorbed 17 hits. And yet they still had a chance to beat the Steelers, as you were alluding to earlier. Even with all that, it's not like yeah. the Steelers ran away from the Broncos. Um, I don't, you know, we talk about quarterbacks mean a lot to the to the spread, just to sort of uh, uh, piggyback what we were saying earlier. But I don't know that there's a difference between Drew Locke and Jeff Driscoll at all. 
So to me, this is just the same sort of calculus. Uh, I will guess Tampa Bay. I'll put it in no man's land. And we'll have to get your answer after the break. But I'll say Tampa Bay minus five and a half against the Broncos. Tampa Bay one and one. Broncos uh, 0 and 2 now. And 0 and 2 in uh, two really gut wrenching ways. Two losses that uh, could have gone in either direction for the Broncos. Plinko. So many of these are Plinko. We'll get Chrissy's response to what this line is. It's Guessing Lines, week three, right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Uh, Jim Caldwell, four years coaching the Lions. Remember, that was after he coached the uh, Colts for three years, but he had Peyton Manning for those years. So, uh, well, at least the first couple years he did. And, of course, they were first in their division in the AFC South those two years. Uh, but when he got to the Lions, 11-5, and 7-9, 9-7, 9-7. So I was right. Memory served correctly on that. Two of those were playoff years. Matt Patricia, three years with Detroit. 6-10, 3-12-1, and, and now 0-2. So he has a total of nine victories in two years and some change. Eh, just saying. Diego Schwartzman breaks Djokovic early. Oh, this could be a great morning. That'll be a fun morning. Let's see if that. Oh, still early against Novak, though. You know how that goes. All right, uh, Chrissy, we talked. Uh, uh, we... Uh, Gil. Yes. Hang on. Hang on, man. 
it came across during the break. Uh, Christian McCaffrey definitely out. Definitely, definitely out. Definitely out for this week or for how long? Uh, well, for this week is all I saw. So I don't know beyond that. I don't know. Stephanie off camera. What do you say, Stephanie? How long? Several weeks. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, okay. Here it is. I see out indefinitely. Okay. Stephanie does a Lombardi, Lombardi line coming up at the top of the hour. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah. this number is now settled in at like seven and a half. Which one? Are you we know, I think that's a shade high. We're talking about the char- uh, Carolina and the Chargers. Carolina, the Chargers. Back to that. So seven and a half. That makes sense. Yeah, shade high yeah. maybe, but uh, yeah, I, get yeah it. I think I was going to go with that. I don't, I don't want to mess with that too much. You know, I don't. I think seven and a half looks okay. All right, what's uh, what's next here? Oh no, we we had to react to. Uh, uh, I gave you my guess for. Uh, oh, Denver. Yeah, I said five and a half. I just threw it out in no man's land. Yeah, you know, I think the uh, quarterback situation does mean a little bit for Denver, just because they spent so much time in the off season. Uh, in the offseason, gearing their whole offense around Locke. They were very high on him. So uh, sometimes, you know, and we saw this with Herbert. You know, you get a young quarterback gets thrown in there. He doesn't have time to think. A lot of times they could do really well. But now you got a week to practice. Sometimes it actually works against them. Uh, anyway, the Tampa 6 is what I see. I, I like that number. I think that's okay. But I think we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves on Tampa uh, just with the whole Brady thing. I agree. Uh, I'm not sure they're in that highest echelon of NFC teams. They're knocking on the door for that, but it looks, this number I think is a shade high uh, gun to my head. I would probably take Denver, but this, I think there's a, a very tough game to, to bet. Like I said, I don't know. And Driscoll's not a rookie. He's been around a couple of years, uh, but I'm not sure how he's going to react with a week of pressure, knowing that he's going to start. Sometimes that could be counterproductive. You know, I was about to say, this is one of these games that I would want no part of as the answer to that question, which game do you I want think. no part of? But as I sit yeah. here and stop in my tracks right here, am I correct in this? And Jason, you'll, you'll back me up on this. Is that now that McCaffrey's out, does that chargers game become the biggest line that we've even talked about this week? Seven points, seven and a half. I can't hear you, my ear. Wasn't going? the Colts 10? Oh, right. The Colts was 10. So that's the one except, by the way, it shouldn't be 10. But that's, I mean, wow. But the, isn't that the only single game that's above seven or seven and a half? Yeah, I think so. So most of these are, like, this is a much tighter week line-wise thus far. Survivor's going to be a bear. Of course, I said that before week two. Only two entries lost. <laughs> uh, you know, um, all right, let's do one more in the afternoon. We might have to uh, go into We bump into a commercial, but we'll uh, serve it up for me here. Dallas at Seattle. Dallas. Oh, we don't, we can't do this before a commercial for God's sakes. Dallas at Seattle. There's too much to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you, I'll do this before the break. So I, I gave how, how Dallas, that whole final sequence of how Dallas won that game against Atlanta. Uh, here's how my Dallas Cowboy friend who turned off the TV then texts me back. And and once he found out that Dallas won, he's very nervous kid. Uh, he goes, how do you have three fumbles minus three turnovers call two failed fake punts in your own territory, make an idiotic two point conversion (laughs) called down nine with under five minutes to play, have five Falcons watch a spinning top onside kick that has never been tried in a game before recover it and hit a field goal. Seriously. I cannot fathom the odds of that. Again, according to next gen stats, the odds were uh, 2% 
that that would uh, that would that would result in a win. Uh, do we have that tweet also about the Falcons here? This is from uh, ESPN Stats and Information. Again, another way of putting this in perspective, because this is this is incredible. Falcons had 39 points with zero turnovers in their loss against the Cowboys. Entering yesterday, teams were 440 and O. 440 and zero when scoring 39 with zero turnovers since 1933 when team turnovers were first tracked, according to Elias. We'll dig into the Cowboys and Seahawks next. Guessing lines right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander is Chrissy Andrews. Uh, Jason Kahn, producer number seven, is here as well. Uh, I touched on U.S. Open golf briefly. The basketball game last night, AD hits a game-winning three at the buzzer to beat the Nuggets two to nothing now in that best of seven. Man, I was hoping the Nuggets would win that for a series, but now you really can't expect there to be much of a series. We have the Eastern Conference uh, Finals uh, to rely on. Game three of that, hockey, Dallas Stars up one to nothing. But the point being, there are so many sports at one time, and the, the notion of a golf major while football was happening Again, I'm almost happy that it wasn't contested at the end because you just you can't pay attention to uh, so many things. By the way, these are all great problems to have. Three, four months ago, we would have dreamt of this, so I'm not complaining. Uh, but it is uh, tough to get everything. And we'll resume with baseball, obviously. Baseball, uh, last week of the regular season. Wait till next week. Oh, my goodness, when we have the baseball postseason. Uh, but we'll have baseball picks with uh, Jason Weingarten, me and him uh, dueling it out this year. Uh, in the baseball season. All right, so uh, let's get to this uh, game here. This is the, again, it's the Cowboys at the Seahawks. Is that what you said, Chrissy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'll try to contextualize this. So, uh, we've said pretty much everything about these two, but about the Falcons and the Cowboys. Again, the Falcons were still up 15 points. Remember, they were up 20 in the first. They were still up 15 in the fourth quarter before Dak Prescott became the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for more than 400 yards and rush for three touchdowns in the same game. Wow. It's another stat. In the past nine seasons, Atlanta now has two of the three instances in which a team lost after leading by at least 15 points with less than eight minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Congratulations, Atlanta Falcons. That despite 570 total yards. Um, or no, that, that with the Cowboys getting 570 total yards. Pardon me. Uh, Cowboys played, Dak played without both of his starting tackles. Still went 34 for 47 for 450. One touchdown, no picks. Sacked once. Zeke, 22 for 89 and a touchdown. Six catches for 33 yards. Imagine that at the top of fantasy drafts. McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke. The people, yeah. who, the people who got Zeke won the, uh, the injury sweepstakes. God. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, six for 106. Amari, six for 100. Schultz, nine for 88 and a touchdown. One of those names is not like the other. <laughs> you decide. Uh, Dal- but here's the thing, and this is also my my uh, neurotic Dallas Cowboy fan friend who just wrote that whole text to me. He's like, how do you win that? Uh, he said, here's the thing, Gil, because I said to him, I go, you're going to run away with the division now. He goes, you stop with that damn talk. That's what he said to me. He goes, because here's the deal. The Cowboys, has f- the Cowboys, he points this out, have forced seven punts in eight quarters, and four were in what Atlanta might have considered garbage time yesterday. They're without Tyron Smith, Lael Collins, and Cam Irving, on the offensive line that already lost Travis Frederick, there's uh, Travis Frederick, the star center to retirement tight end, Blake Jarwin season ending knee injury last week, a defense that lost top corner Byron Jones in free agency. Hasn't been right without injured linebackers, Leighton Vander Esch and Sean Lee and starting quarter, Anthony Brown. 
So the reality check is that defense allowed points eight times in a nine-drive span Sunday in Atlanta. It has a total of two sacks in two games against teams with vulnerable offensive lines and has already allowed 17 third-down conversions on 34 attempts plus three fourth-down conversions on as many attempts. One takeaway thus far against opponents that committed a combined 49 turnovers in 2019. So, yes, we along with the with the uh, Falcons were apparently mesmerized by this spinning onside kick. <laughs> but the Cowboys defense is in, is tad, in tatters. Absolutely in tatters. So let's not think they're that great. Seattle, as we talked about, amazing win last night. What a great game. Uh, Russell Wilson, 21 of 28, 288, five touchdowns. One pick, sacked twice, the touchdowns to Metcalf, Lockett, Moore, Carson, and Swain. On the season, Chrissy, 11 incompletions, nine touchdown passes. God, is that good? Oh, my God. Seattle lost its starting and backup free safeties in the first half last night. Let's not forget that. Quandre Quandre Diggs ejected late in the first quarter for a helmet-to-helmet on and kill Harry, and then Marquise Blair uh, moved from nickel corner to safety in place of Diggs. Left with a right knee injury in the second quarter. By the way, that put uh, Delano Hill in. He took over at safety uh, with Blair out. Remember, he took out the fullback in that final play yesterday where they uh, caught Cam behind the line of scrimmage or or prevented him from scoring. Anyway, it's Dallas at Seattle. So I still think, based on all that in the wash, Seattle's the better football team. Dallas is still really flawed. Seattle minus four. There's a little bit of four, but mostly four and a half. I think that's a little cheap myself. I think um, so too. You know, first yeah, of all, let me say Seattle's defense is not that good. We're used to them being so great. They're not all that great. Uh, you know, they, they both of both their games have gone over by a million. And this was the highest total of the week. I see like 55 and a half, 56. And, you know, kind of rightfully so. I think both defenses are not very good. But I don't want to go into this game rooting against Russell Wilson. I can tell you that right <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So I, I'm going to open four and a half because I see it, you know, in one spot a little bit lower, nothing higher than four and a half. But if I see this trending higher, I'm going higher. Because I, like I said, I do not want to spend my Sunday afternoon rooting against Russell Wilson. That is just torture for me. I think this kid is so good. And uh, I'd love to have him going for me occasionally. But as a bookmaker, that very, very rarely happens. So yeah. I'm going to try to do it this week, though, if I can. And repeat uh, what you said at the top of this show, that that one yard cost you. Put it in context again for us, Chris. <laughs> Uh, that was the most costly yard since London Fletcher tackled Mason. Was that his name? Uh, at the one yard line in the uh, 2000, I think it was 2000 Super Bowl yeah. with uh, my uh, uh, Tennessee and the Rams. Los De- Angeles Rams. Derek Mason. Or, I'm sorry, it was the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Derek Mason. Derek Mason. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. That bunches. was a brutal one yard. Chrissy's, Chrissy uh, informs us that it cost him bunches, quote unquote. <laughs> earlier on this show. Yeah. Uh, all right. Talk well, to Jimmy. He'll probably give you the exact number. I'm yeah, not going to do it. Sure. He will. Sure. Uh-huh. He'll spill it. Uh, it is guessing lines for week three. We got primetime games still to come. It's all right. We got primetime games left. Chrissy, what's Sunday night? First of all, we were corrected. Uh, Bainbridge Deweese uh, tweeted us. It was Kevin Dyson. Oh, Kevin Dyson. That's that right. Super Bowl. Thank you. Kevin Dyson. It was yeah. Kevin Dyson. I shouldn't remember that. I should have remembered that. Oh, well. And who was on the tackle? Jones was on the Spongy. tackle. 
as I recall. I it was London Fletcher? No, I don't think Ooh, it was London Mike Fletcher. Jones? I think it was Jones. I don't think it well, was Fletcher. I think Fletcher. you're right. I think it was Mike Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Isn't that funny yeah. how your memory is like, yeah, it was Bain London. Bainbridge, you out there? <laughs> Come on. Like, let's go. Isn't that funny how your memory's like, yeah, London Fletcher uh, to tackle Derek Mason. As, no, it was neither of those two guys. <laughs> <I think laughs> yeah, we were, we were totally yeah. off. Yeah, yeah neither of those two guys. <laughs> All right. At least we got the Super Bowl and the team right that much. All right. Sunday yeah, we week. got that. I could probably give you the exact figure of what it cost me personally, too, but I'm not going to do that on the area. Wasn't, Jimmy would tell you. Wasn't that I, Super Bowl a push? Wasn't that seven points? It's a long story, but, you know, I was at Cal Neva. I did the same thing that I do at, at South Point. We don't – we didn't use juice on numbers, so I went back and forth from six and a half to seven. In the preseason, when Trent Green got hurt, and they brought in this guy who was loading groceries the week before, Kurt <laughs> Warner, who I'd never heard of, I jacked up the price on them to win the Super Bowl, and, of course, I got flooded with it. And uh, I was part owner of the Cal Neva at the time, and my – Probably about 75% of my salary revolved around the wins and losses. Uh, so I know pretty much exactly what that non-touchdown cost me, and it was a lot. A lot. I could sure use the cash today, I could tell you that. Which differs from bunches, everybody, just in case you're scoring at home. A yeah. lot. Yeah. It was bunches for Calneva, but my, uh, my percentage probably hurt me more than it did those multimillionaire owners, I can tell you that. <laughs> Right. Anyway, next up, <laughs> good one. Packers at the Saints. Packers at the Saints. Saints haven't played. They played tonight without Mike uh, Michael Thomas against the yeah. Raiders. And can we? Can I just stop for a second? Uh, it is the first game at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas tonight. You've been here longer than I have been. Can we not let the moment pass without just sort of acknowledging what an amazing moment this is in the history of the city of Las Vegas? The fact that. Vegas was shunned so openly for so many years by the establishment. And here we have legit professional football tonight. It's a, it's a huge moment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, years ago, we weren't even allowed to advertise on the Super Bowl, or you couldn't say you couldn't have any casino uh, related uh, anything in your, you know, signs around the arenas for various, uh, various states. And here we are now in Las Vegas, and we find out guys like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, they own a piece of some of these uh, you know, DraftKings and some of these other outfits. Yeah, I'd say it was warmly embraced, but it was a con job the whole way. It really was. Oh, it was yeah. totally, totally phony on their part. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's about time, but, you know, it should have happened 50 years ago. Total con job. Well said. Uh, so New Orleans, Total con job. Yeah, so New Orleans is playing tonight, and by the way, no Trent Brown for the Raiders either on the offensive line. Uh, and that, again, is five and a half tonight. But it's Green Bay at New Orleans, so we don't have sight unseen here on the Saints. Uh, Rodgers yesterday for the Packers, you know, just getting it done. 18 for 30 for 240. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. Aaron Jones just filling up the stat sheet. 18 for 168 yeah. and two touchdowns on the ground. Four catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown through the air. 488 total yards for the Packers. 259 were rushing. That's the most rushing yards the Packers have had in a game since 2003. And the Packers are the eighth team in the Super Bowl era to score at least 40 points in each of their first two games. But as I mentioned earlier, Devontae Adams' hamstring injury, we'll keep an eye on that, in what was just the worst day for NFL injuries that I can remember. So it's Green Bay at New Orleans. We haven't seen New Orleans. The placeholder would be three, I guess, on New Orleans. I don't know. 
Uh, it's kind of three and a half is what I see. I see one four out there. Uh, I like, again, I like your number better. I, I think, you know, we've been very quick to elevate Tampa Bay among the uh, highest echelon of NFC teams. Are we slow to put Green Bay in that mix? I, I think maybe we are. I mean, don't, let's not forget this team. You know, they went to the uh, NFC Finals last year, and, and they were outclassed, and they got beat. Uh, but, man, they're going to look back again and say, why did we not draft some help for this Aaron Rodgers? Because they really do have a very solid lineup. Uh, I think three is too. I think three and a half is too high. I think three would be the high water mark for me. I'll open at three and a half just because I don't want to gamble too much on the team that's playing tonight. Uh, if New Orleans goes in there and just blows away the Raiders, it's probably going to be closer to three and a half. Uh, personally, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, I, I think the Raiders pretty live dog tonight, uh, but I think this number is a little too high. I think Green Bay's a team. Listen, if the first two weeks is an indication, and oftentimes it is not, uh, this team's going to be right in there till the end. He's a really, really good team, and Rodgers looks motivated, and uh, and he looks healthy, and he looks great. And the rest of the team looks terrific, too. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on uh, on Adam's injury. What's Monday night? Oh, I think this is a good one. I, I remember Monday night. I think yeah. I know. Yeah, this. Okay. Yeah, this is a good one. Kansas City at Baltimore. Not only is this a good one, this is the best matchup you could possibly have in the NFL for the entire season. Let's be honest. This is the game. This is my two is high rated, highest rated team. Yeah, this is it. Um, I'm just going to say offhand before I even get into it, this is going to have to be Baltimore minus three because I don't think you can make this anything else. But Patrick Mahomes yesterday in the victory, the come from behind victory against the Chargers, and not once did Mahomes look phased in any way. 27 of 47 for 302, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. He did Kansas City's leading rusher. He was six carries, 54 yards. Tyreek, five for 99 with a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, nine for 90 with a touchdown. They did have 11 penalties, did the Chiefs for 90 yards. Remember, Harrison Butker hits the 58-yarder earlier. Then in that final sequence, a 53-yarder, nullified by a false start. A 58-yarder, nullified by the icing. Not really nullified, but he just kicked it anyway. And then made the game-winning 58-yarder. In our lives, have we ever seen a dude just drill 53, 58, and 58 back to back to back like that? It's awesome. 11-game <laughs> uh, winning streak now for KC, including the postseason. Mahomes 9-0 in September. Listen to his September stats. 28 touchdowns, zero picks career. Is that good? I'm told that's good. Baltimore, uh, Lamar yesterday in uh, Baltimore's win over Houston, and it was a 33-16 to win as seven-point favorites. Lamar Jackson, 18 of 24 for 204, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. 16 carries, 54 yards. He led that team in rushing. Ravens gained 230 yards on the ground at Houston's 51. Actually, I don't know if Lamar led them in rushing. Let me check on that. But the Ravens gained 230 yards on the ground at Houston's 51. 186 yards rushing in the second half. For the Ravens, man, are they dominant when they're dominant. Baltimore's 14th straight win in the regular season, the longest streak in the NFL since Carolina won 18 in a row back in 2014-2015. We forget how great they are sometimes, and they are great. But it's got to be Baltimore minus three, right? It's actually three and a half. Mm. Um you got to make that three. I'm going to open three and a half just because I don't want to mess with it too much right now. And I have to tell you a couple things. But first of all, my ratings, the way I do my power rate, I actually have Baltimore a little better than Kansas City, like two points better. Yep. Uh, 
Again, I don't know what to do with home field, but I got to tell you, I think three and a half for me would be a take. Yes, <laughs> you know? me too. Uh, that looks a little too high to me. Um, you know, Jackson is fantastic. I don't want to take anything away from him, but this Mahomes kid is just magic. <laughs> he is. Um, and I think up and down the lineup, I think Kansas, I think Kansas city has a better lineup. And by the way, Harrison Butker, which was a major league uh, coach on the sideline, a major league manager on the sideline would have probably pulled Butker after the first two kicks because of a pitch count. So maybe I could have won that. Game. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I think if it's three and a half, if it's three and a half, I probably take Kansas city. I really do. Yeah. As much respect three and a as half. I, I mean, I see one. Yeah, I see one three with a ton of juice, but I, you know, yeah, three and a half. Boy, that's, uh, I don't know. That extra hook looks uh, very enticing. All right, very we, enticing to me. We got ninety seconds here, Chrissy. So the the three that I like the best though from today, Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, I like them because I don't. You you told me that was less than three points, fewer than three points against Minnesota. I will take that all day long. Yeah, Cincinnati two and was a half. Yeah, you told me Cincinnati was getting, and I guessed. What did I guess? I guessed three and a half in that game, I believe. Yeah, and then it's, it's six and a half. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's nuts. Um, wait, what's the? No, no, you said ten, I'm talking Tennessee. You said it was minus one and a half, right? Against Minnesota. Uh, there was some, but that uh, yeah, there's still I see a one and a half out there, but it's two and a half. Now. Right, still, it's two and a half. Give me Tennessee. Cooler heads have prevailed. Yeah, still, still give me Tennessee as long as it's under three. Cincinnati, I guessed four and a half. You said it was six and a half against the Eagles. I'll take those points. Right. Uh, I'm with you. I think right. Joe Burrow covers a lot backdoor this year. And then Seattle, if it's only four against Dallas, which I I thought it would be because when you throw everything in Dallas, Cowboys publicly, uh, public team like that, I like Seattle. Tennessee, Cincinnati, Seattle. How about you? I like uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, the Jets, and Seattle. Okay. Jets are going to be tough to live through. Hold your nose. Bet the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Chrissy, as always, we love you. Thank you. We couldn't do this without you. You're the man. (laughs) Thanks, pal. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Chrissy Andrews, everybody. My mishpucha right here on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Guessing lines for week number three. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.